All right. For some reason, we weren't live on Rumble, but now it looks like we are. So if you wouldn't mind, give me a five by five in the chat. I would sincerely but now it looks. And of course, why is it now giving me audio? Good Lord. Okay. You guys, I just want to give you fair warning. At the outset, I do have a migraine today. So I'm going to do my best to do the full show. But if I have to stop early, I just want you to keep that in mind. It's been a rough day. I don't know what the heck's going on. Anyways, it's also a rough day for Joe Biden. You know, while Donald Trump was worrying about how to fix the economy, how to put America first, how to make America great again, Joe Biden and his team are working diligently to make sure he doesn't fall down any more stairs. Like, that's <laughs> the prime concern of this current administration, this illegitimate imposter. Good stuff. All right. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, and we'll be right back after this. Have you ever looked in the mirror and wondered why our skin gets leathery as we get older? Well, the reason is because as we age, our bodies slowly stop producing the most important nutrient your skin requires for proper health, and that is collagen. Now, this is why tens of thousands are turning to this amazing substance to replenish this diminishing but vital protein. It uses the top five critically important types of collagen to support skin elasticity, hydration, and to bring back that youthful glow. Most Importantly, you can save 53% off this month only simply by going to healthwithredpill.com. You can click the link in the description box below for this limited time offer before they sell out. Once again, that's healthwithredpill.com. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, welcome back. And Trisha, yes, I used to use peppermint oil all the time. And for a while, I didn't get migraines. And so I ran out and I stopped buying it. Um, But it seems like the last couple of months, like at least once a month, I'm getting them again. Uh, I don't know what the deal is, but it's always over here on the right side of my head. Watch it. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. But uh, anyways, maybe that's a little too gallows humor for the show. But oh, my goodness. I hope you guys are having a great day. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. If you wouldn't mind, please hit the like button. Please hit the red pill. Please share the show. Help us by getting this out there. I also wanted to comment on a video that I saw going around. And let me see if I can download it and then I can play it for you. And then I want to explain just why it's not exactly correct. Um, Because this is the kind of thing that people see and they get all excited about. Um, Okay, let me pull it up here for you guys. Let me open with. Can I open it with? No, we're going to have to open it up with QuickTime. And uh, here, I can put it on screen so you guys can see it and we can watch it together. Because it's a it's a TikTok video, so it shouldn't be too big of a deal uh, to put up here. Let me see. VLC Video Source. Disney. Okay. And we're not going to loop. We're just going to play this once. Add Files. Disney. There we go. Okay. All right. I don't know if you saw this story, uh, Jeremy, but basically Ron DeSantis tried to take away Disney World. 
Um, let me make it so I can hear it. And okay, so let's try again. I don't know if you saw this story, Jeremy, but basically, Ron DeSantis tried to take away Disney World's rights of self-governance since they're pushing all the child grooming stuff lately. And Disney World came back. Okay, so first of all, that is absolutely true. Uh, we've covered that here on the show before. Ron DeSantis had moved to uh, cancel the Reedy Creek Improvement District, or rather Disney's control over the Reedy Creek Improvement District, because what it allowed was for Disney to essentially be a self-governing body. They got to control all the land. They they ran, well, Reedy Creek had their own police, their own firefighters, their own infrastructure. Uh, there was a whole bunch of things that Disney got as a perk that other parks down here, like Orlando's, uh, uh, Universal Studios, and there are some other ones I can't remember. SeaWorld, uh, that they just did not have the opportunity to uh, to do. So it afforded Disney some uh, pretty amazing benefits. So when the whole, you know, get woke, go broke thing happened and Ron DeSantis said, hey, we're not going to let you groom our children, uh, he moved to end that status. So continuing. And was like, uh, 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 not so fast. We only answer to the crown. And this is just almost hilarious if you know what's going on because they would never ever admit this unless they were forced to in a situation like this but they basically admitted like you don't have jurisdiction over us because we're owned by britain <laughs> so for those of you who are like confused okay. by this so first of all that's not what happened um disney's reedy creek improvement board was replaced by ron DeSantis. And the day before the new board came in to take over the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the company Disney made a deal with the old board on the last day to create a power sharing agreement, which transferred the power that Reedy Creek Improvement District's board had to Disney. And they didn't say we answer to the king. What they said was it's called a uh, – what is it called? It's like a, a, a royal proclamation or um, – uh, I'm sorry. I, I forget the title of it. But you can do it with a royal or you can do it with a president. And it doesn't matter uh, that they used a royal. They didn't do it because the British monarchy owns the land that Disney is situated on. It's just a, a, a length of time. So the the idea is, you know – we will hand over control, the Reedy Creek Improvement District Board, hands control over this district to Disney until the last living heir of King Charles III dies. And that's it. It wasn't done in a court of law. They didn't make the argument that they have to answer to the king. Uh, it isn't based on the Magna Carta, as this person says in this video. It's simply a really underhanded trick. Because it's a legal agreement between the board and the company Disney. It has nothing to do really with the royals. It's just a, uh, a, a length. That's the only thing. Now, the reason they chose the royals is because they live a lot longer than your average people. I mean, look at Queen Elizabeth. Uh, uh, there have been other monarchs that have lived over 100 years. So Prince Charles, King now King Charles III, his youngest heir currently is only one year old. So if she lives to be as old as some of these other people, um, well, the deal is 21 years after the last living heir of King Charles III. 
So that could potentially put Disney in charge of the Reedy Creek Improvement District for the next 120 years, 130 years, something like that. Um, And it's simply a measurement of time. It's not based on anything else. And it wasn't done in court. And Ron DeSantis with Florida is trying to undo that because obviously he wants his board that he appointed to be in control of it because they want to take away this power from Disney. So let's just continue. Apparently the land that Disney World is on is owned by the Crown. And so since like 1960, Disney World has basically been a tax-free, sovereign district. They have, you know, ex- but it's not because of the crown. It's not because the UK owns that land. It's it's because the state of Florida allowed them to enter into this unique state of self-governance uh, under U.S. law. From taxes and anything to do with federal statutes. And they basically claim to just be like an apolitical charity. Disney does a lot of charity work so that they can be tax exempt. Then they started pushing all this woke stuff. And so Ron DeSantis was like, all right, guys, you want to get involved in politics? Then let's do politics. We're going to take away your tax exempt status in Florida. But then Disney World came back and pulled out this clause from the British Bill of Rights. It's not a clause from the British Bill of Rights. Again, all it is is an agreement between the old Reedy Creek Board and the company Disney so that when the new company, when the new Reedy Creek Board came in, they did not have the power to actually oversee the Reedy Creek Improvement District because the old board had handed that power over to Disney. So I, I think that's that's basically all I want to show you guys. But uh, I think that it's important there. You know, this this goes back to a conversation that John and I were having last night. People people put a lot of stuff out there on the Internet. And uh, a lot of times, you know, it's just like, wow, that sounds real awesome. And uh, certainly that's like a gotcha moment. Let's go ahead and share it. But it's not always the case. And if you just do a little bit of digging, then you can find out what the actual truth is. Um, not saying that there aren't things out there like that that exist, but this is a very specific one that me living in Florida, I know about. So let's go ahead and move on to the stories of the day. Uh, first of all, guys, this is something that greatly, greatly enraged me. And I'm sorry to begin with this. But I think it's an important story because it has to do with the beating, death, and murder of a 17-year-old high school student by these brothers right here. Now, I don't know if it was a racially motivated killing, but it was a a young white boy who was beat to death by two young black boys. Uh, They beat him so severely. They, They stomped his chest. They broke his neck. And they stole his car. And uh, they were charged with involuntary manslaughter. Now, manslaughter is when you accidentally kill someone uh, through no fault of your own. Now, generally speaking, in a world not gone mad, when a young man loses his life in a fight like this or a jumping, uh, it is clear cut. It is cut and dry. Involuntary manslaughter. These guys should be going to prison. Last year, the U.S. Marshal Service arrested these two brothers and a third man who were accused of beating this 17-year-old young man, Ethan Liming. Uh, They beat him to death right outside of the school that was founded by LeBron James in June. This is the same school where the kids attending it don't know how to do math. Uh, In fact, they're not prepared for anything at all, but looks like maybe they're getting instruction on how to beat young men to death. So they beat Ethan to death. They bragged about it to their friends. And Ethan's father, who just happens to be a pastor, 
He tried to calm the situation down in the parking lot, and then he got jumped and hit on the head from behind, and they broke his neck. Uh, So we've learned from the police that the suspects stole his car. They prevented his friends from driving him to the hospital. It's possible he might have lived otherwise. Uh, But later it was reported that uh, they had left a shoe print on his chest leading to his death. So they stomped him so hard you could see the the Nike uh, um, Air Jordan print on his chest. Now, uh, last year, last July in in Ohio, uh, they were indicted on lesser charges after killing him and stealing his car. And then on Monday, a jury convicted two brothers on lesser assault charges. They are now 20 and 19. So they were even adults when this happened. Ethan was a child. He was 17 years old. They were acquitted of the involuntary manslaughter charges. Deshaun Stafford was found guilty of felony aggravated assault and one misdemeanor account of assault. Now, assault is when you punch somebody and uh, and they hit the ground. Involuntary manslaughter is when you punch somebody not intending to kill them and uh, they hit the curb on the back of their head and then they die. I mean, I have seen people go to prison for a lot less than this. But, of course, you know, it's 2023 and the judicial system in the United States is just freaking turned on its head. And I don't know what jurors heard. I wasn't able to be there in the courtroom. Um, I don't know how it's possible that the, the the prosecution could have screwed the pooch so badly on this. The only thing I can think of is that the defense did a really good job in uh, making sure that the jurors that were going to be chosen were going to be sympathetic uh, to their their cause. So uh, this first degree felony count of involuntary manslaughter um, was just not something they could come to. Um, and uh, there's another one where uh, it has been declared uh, a mistrial. Um, two and a half years he could face in prison. And we've got a sentencing hearing for October 26. Now, what did prosecutors say? Well, Brad Gessner, who's chief counsel for the Summit County Prosecutor's Office, he told reporters that his office might try to recharge the first-degree felony charge of involuntary manslaughter. I sincerely hope they do that because this is a cut-and-dry case. This is very easy. He said the jury took their time. You see how long they deliberated. Those are decisions the jury could tell us about. We'll have to wait and see if the opportunity to hear from them arises. The family has gone through something that no one should ever have to deal with. The emotions tied to this, the loss of a child, and we respect their grieving. There is nothing that can be done to bring their child back. This is something that in better circumstances never would have happened. But it's not something that is totally unusual. I mean, I didn't even talk about it, but there was a case, I believe it was in Nevada, where two young men uh, who at the time, I believe, were both minors, now one of them turned 18, They just mowed down an elderly man on a bicycle riding in a bike lane, and they filmed it. They freaking – it was out there on Reddit. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I I saw it on Reddit before I even heard about it in the news. They kill this guy. They laugh about it, and uh, the guy in the passenger seat who's filming, he's egging on the driver. He's telling him, oh, yeah, go, go, go. Well, turns out when they found this dude's phone – they had gone on some sort of a, a, a rage murder spree. They they were seeking out people, pedestrians, to run over, and they thought it was funny. So <laughs> I have to believe that the two gentlemen, well, we'll call them guys. I don't know that I want to call them gentlemen. The two n- people who stomped this 17-year-old to death on the chest and the neck and the back of the head, I mean, they must have known they were going to kill him. 
They they must have. You know, they wanted to make sure he wasn't going to get up and come after them and that they were going to get his car. They were going to get to go joyride around for a while. You know, I don't care what their race is, if they black, white, Hispanic or otherwise. Uh, when you engage in behavior such as this, you deserve the long arm of the law. You deserve the fullest extent of the punishment available to you under the law. You know, there shit, shit happens, pardon my language, but, you know, things happen sometimes. This is not one of those circumstances. And certainly those kids who were running over elderly people on bikes, that's not something that just happens. They did that intentionally. I hope they spend the rest of their life in jail. And Nevada has the death penalty, if I'm not mistaken. They are very fond of using lethal injection. So uh, buck up, buttercup. You're going to going to work. All right. So as I was saying in the introduction, uh, Donald Trump, he was worried about making America great again. I mean, that's what I think that all presidents should be doing. Now, Joe Biden, as many would say, is not truly the president. He maybe holding a title, but he's not making any decisions that affect the free world. Um, the decisions he makes are largely about whether or not he's going to have creamed corn or canned green beans at uh, dinner. And I don't even know that somebody is, isn't choosing that for him. But we've had a number of high profile instances of Joe Biden falling downstairs, tripping on flat ground. Uh, remember the time he tipped over on his bike? I wish I had that one to play, but uh, there is a report coming out of the White House. Apparently people in the know, uh, they, they don't want you to read it because that might make you start thinking about the vulnerabilities inherent in Joe Biden surrounding his age in particular. So Axios, which is normally a mouthpiece for the White House, they reported that uh, the, the White House, Joe Biden's closest advisors, are desperately working to prevent another disastrous fall by Joe Biden ahead of the 2024 presidential election. So uh, I mean, we think about all of the different times that he fell. I mean, he, he, he tripped on that supposedly uh, uh, a sandbag. Remember when the left was like, you know, oh, the Secret Service placed that, like, talk about a conspiracy theory. Like, my God, you're really stretching there. Joe Biden tripped because he's old and uh, he's decrepit, okay? Uh, he uh, also famously has fallen down steps a number of times. They stopped using the big plane so that he wouldn't have to go up all those steps. I mean, it was just too dangerous. You know, you you increase the number of steps by three, and that's three times as many opportunities as Joe Biden has to go ahead and uh, just completely fall down. Uh, it, it, I, and falling on a bike, okay, like, God, that was easy. Why did nobody catch him? Like, he's surrounded by people. Everybody just steps back, <laughs> hold their hands up. He just, boom, straight down. So... Apparently, Joe is working with a physical therapist uh, to, I guess, strengthen his legs, strengthen his back, strengthen his his balance. I don't know that that's going to do much, but certainly it's funny to know that the White House is working on it. Um, I have never heard the term pro-precipitive maintenance maneuvers. It is not a clinical term in standard use. That is apparently what they are working on. Um the physical therapist is named Drew Contreras, uh, and apparently he's doing exercises meant to improve what is left of Joe Biden's balance. He referred to them as proprioceptive maintenance maneuvers. I have never heard that either, and I just want to 
I just want to uh, get a definition of what proprioceptive is. Proprioception, also called kinesthesia, is the sense of self-movement, force, and body position. Proprioception is mediated by proprioceptors, mechanosensory neurons located within muscles, tendons, and joints. So basically the fundamental underpinnings of Joe Biden's body don't work any longer. I don't know how you're going to make that come back. Uh, you know, there are, I guess there's, there, maybe they could put him on steroids. There's uh, a number of different uh, novel, um, <laughs> novel, I don't know, smart drugs they could have him take. Uh, there's, uh, there's all kinds of stuff, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a weird, weird thing for them to say. Uh, so yeah, other people who are in this industry, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and I don't know how long they've been doing it, but whatever the exercises are, it doesn't matter. Joe Biden keeps falling. Oh yeah, here's the bike. <laughs> oh, there's the stair fall. There is the bike fall. So the Biden administration, the, the advisors around him, they recognize that he's in danger of falling down. So if you'll notice, he's actually been wearing tennis shoes a lot more often because they're a lot more grippy. Uh, and certainly, you know, if you're wearing dress shoes, especially the very expensive ones, those are very slippery. So like you're walking up those stairs. I, I have to admit, I I I've slipped wearing dress shoes before at times when it was extremely embarrassing. But I'm not Joe Biden and I didn't basically just do it in front of the whole world. So uh, by wearing tennis shoes, it gives him better traction. They've also been using the shorter stairs. Um, that means that Joe Biden enters on Air Force One at a lower level than what he does. So he's still got to go upstairs, but they're just on the inside. Um, and uh, Christina Layla also reported back in July that uh, even these short stairs have proven a challenge for Joe Biden. He has been seen to basically stumble his way through. These are the short stairs. Let's take a look at Joe and, you know, his his performance. I got to shut that down. That's way too loud. Oh, 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 I made it. Okay. There you go. So long, guys. <clears throat> Almost didn't make it. Almost didn't make it. Anyways, so... The spokesman for the White House, Andrew Bates, um, has uh, – uh, he's gotten a little upset that this information is leaked out. And <laughs> he wanted uh, to dismiss it as old news when he spoke to Axios. He also wanted to uh, gaslight the American public as they typically do. This isn't new. It was proactively and transparently disclosed in a 2021 report from the president's doctor and again this year. Uh, so Axios believes that the White House believes that any mockery that Joe Biden gets using shortened steps, wearing tennis shoes, uh, is going to pale in comparison to what would happen if he fell again. So here is a report from just earlier today. It's funny. As soon as that report came out, Joe was photographed uh, lumbering ever so slowly up those stairs. Of course, it's rainy. I bet you they've got those uh, rubber booties on him. So that he doesn't fall down. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> now he almost fell down the stairs getting off the plane. So here is the video of that. This is when he returned from that trip that he just entered the plane for.
Almost didn't make it. Almost didn't make it. Oh, God. You know, why don't they put them in, like, um, those leg braces, like Hillary Clinton did? I mean, just keep his legs straight. Just walk like a robot. Anyways, where was Joe Biden going? Well, he was heading to the picket line. He was heading to the picket line in Detroit because President Trump, of course, announced that he's going to be spending the night of the second RNC debate with the striking UAW auto workers. Joe Biden is trying to get ahead of the MAGA infiltration, if you will, of the UAW. He needs the UAW vote if it's going to be a plausible situation where he wins the election again. Of course, that's not going to happen because the entirety of America is turning away from Joe Biden. Nobody supports Joe Biden. Uh, least of all the UAW and uh, the United Auto Worker employees, because Joe Biden has single-handedly destroyed the American auto industry after Donald Trump brought it back from the brink of destruction. So he shows up in Wayne County, Michigan, to join these striking auto workers on the picket line. Uh, but apparently he had no plan. Uh, and when he got there, he didn't really know what to do. He's kind of, you know, stumbling around, really probably just thinking to himself, don't fall, Joe, don't fall, Joe. Basically clueless. Nobody wanted to talk to him uh, because nobody supports him. And uh, here we go. Here's here's a UAW auto worker asking him uh, about whether or not he agrees with their demand of getting a 40% pay increase. Here we go. Yeah, he had no idea what she said. Here he is delivering remarks in front of a uh, crowd of democracy. It's a different kind of arsenal democracy. Oh, I, I take that back. This is him listening to somebody else give remarks and curiously, they have removed his handlers from directly around him. So now Joe is standing alone in front of this group of people who desperately need to feed their families. He is completely disconnected from the average everyday plight of American citizens. And as he stands there, of course, you know, remember he was looking at his watch when dead soldiers were coming off the plane every single time. So if he didn't want to be there, to watch these brave soldiers who gave their lives in Afghanistan during his botched withdrawal. He didn't want to be there for that. Imagine how much he doesn't want to be there while he's surrounded by Americans who are hurting very, very acutely. It's a different kind of war we're fighting. Today, the enemy isn't some foreign country miles away it's right here in our own in our own area. Of course, he's got to take the opportunity to grope a woman because that's just a de rigueur for Joseph Robinette Biden. Here he is actually delivering remarks, trying anyways. He can't figure out how to use the blow, the blowhorn. Senator since 1973, but I tell you what, first time I've ever done it as a president. Okay. Oh, sure. One thing is real simple. 
Um, Readers added context. Biden states that this is the first time he's walked the picket line as a president, not in person. But apparently that's the first time he walked the picket line in person, I guess. Uh, Yes. Twelve minutes. And then Joe Biden left to head on to California. What what did he have in California? What business in California? Uh, he had a fancy fundraiser he had to go to. He had to go raise money from the people who mattered, uh, the people who really run this country, who fund his campaign. Of course, he's going so slow. Looked like he almost lost it there at that top. Really started uh, – doddering back just a little bit. So, you know, I mean, Joe Biden has a lot to worry about because as the American people are watching him fall apart, uh, as world leaders are watching him fall apart. I mean, just look at what happened when he was meeting with those uh, the, the Pacific Island nations. I mean, they laughed at him. They laughed at him. Can you imagine anybody laughing at Donald Trump? Donald Trump pushing to the front of the line. Grabbing somebody's hand, shaking it, bringing them in. Donald Trump commanded respect because the people of these nations, the leaders of these nations, they knew that Donald Trump had the power. They knew he had the will and they knew that he had the incentive to hold them to account. Now, Joe Biden only has incentive to pad his own bank account, which is why we have this upcoming impeachment hearing. And James Comer, as uh, the uh, Oversight Committee chair, has just announced a list of three witnesses uh, that are going to be testifying in this impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. That's going to be Professor Jonathan Turley of George Washington University Law School. Jonathan Turley is a uh, a frequent talking head on conservative platforms and and news programs. I like Jonathan Turley. Eileen O'Connor, she was a former assistant attorney general of the United States Department of Justice tax division. So if anybody can tell us about the Biden's efforts to evade taxes, it would probably be Eileen. And then Bruce Dubinsky of Dubinsky Accounting, who is a forensic accounting expert. That means Bruce is going to have the know-how to help us unwind the very complicated financial records of the Biden crime family. We're going to be able to go from point A to point B. That is Ukrainian Kazakhian, Russian, uh, Mexican oligarch money going straight through a shell company into the bank accounts of the Biden crime family. So Turley, of course, is a nationally recognized legal scholar. He's got published work in a number of different areas. He's an expert in constitutional law, an expert in legal theory with O'Connor. She was the supervisor of DOJ litigation of civil, criminal and trial and appellate tax cases. And then Dubinsky, he's got over 40 years of financial investigative and dispute consulting experience. He's also served as an expert witness More than 100 times, uh, testifying in more than 80 trials, and that includes trials involving criminal and civil financial fraud. So seems to me like the evidence surrounding Joe Biden and the Biden crime family's books being cooked is going to come out. Now, they're going to be attending a hearing on Thursday at 10 a.m. That's this week. That's going to examine the value of an impeachment inquiry and present evidence from House Republicans that they've uncovered regarding all of the intricacies of the Biden crime family's business dealings. 
Uh, Comer said since January, House committees on oversight and accountability, judiciary and ways and means. That is uh, one, two, three, four committees all working concurrently to come up with the evidence to uh, create this impeachment inquiry. Uh, They've uncovered an overwhelming amount of evidence showing President Joe Biden abused his public office for his family's financial gain. We've got thousands of pages of financial records, emails, text messages, testimony from the credible IRS whistleblowers. We've got the transcribed interviews from people like Devin uh, Archer, a close Biden confidant, somebody who uh, was uh, – persecuted by the U.S. government for his work with the Biden. So, of course, he doesn't uh, think about them too kindly anymore. He's the one who knew and said in a number of interviews that the Biden brand is what Joe and Hunter were selling. And, of course, he's the one who can also testify to the fact that Joe Biden showed up on at least two different occasions, uh, giving uh, signals of uh, his involvement, his his influence, his power, uh, uh, what it would mean if you did business with the Bidens. You would be gaining access to American foreign policy. Uh, So based upon all of that evidence, we're going to have this impeachment inquiry. I guarantee that this is going to lead to an impeachment hearing. Uh, This is the type of transparency that I believe the American public needs, because as I've said on so many occasions, it's not about removing Joe Biden. Okay, we don't want a president Kamala Harris. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. But This is about educating the American people. This is about educating the rest of America who don't understand the corrupt and criminal nature of this illegitimate and illegal administration. So this is one aspect of educational awareness and awakening. We are telling America about how corrupt this family is and the specific crimes they've been able to engage in over the last 50-plus years in public office. And then when President Trump's trials go on, we're going to be able to adjudicate the facts of the 2020 election. So it's almost hitting it from two different sides, but they're very important pieces of the puzzle that we as dedicated and astute researchers already understand – We've been investigating these things. We've been tracking them. We've been following along for years, decades in some cases. And so we know it's old news to us. Big deal. We've seen it all already. Well, I just want you to remember that there are many Americans out there who have not ever taken a look at this stuff, who don't understand it. Let me give you an example, okay? This is this has to do with China. I told this example last night on Baseless Conspiracies, but I'm on the Nextdoor app, okay? It's like the Neighborhood Watch app, basically. People have questions about what's going on in the city, uh, you know, city services, uh, recommendations on businesses and stuff like that. And somebody had asked about the company Timu, and I said, stay away from Timu. It's a data harvesting application. They are a Chinese-based company. That means that the CCP has a ownership interest in them. They have a presence at their headquarters, and they also provide substandard product. It's like a worse version of Wish. Now, Timu, now everything I said there is not something that you can't figure out for yourself, but this person Well, two people responded. One person said fake information. And then another person responded and said, Zach, do you have proof or are you just a conspiracy theorist? These responses are indicative of the brainwashed portion of America who have yet to wake up and understand that things are not as they've been presented. 
it staggers me that people of middle age, having grown up with the specter of communism, uh, having witnessed the ascension of China, having witnessed the business practices of China, and they still don't understand how things work. You know, China is not, uh, they're not a democracy. They're not a capitalist society. They are a, uh, I would say they're closer to fascism because they are a communist government in league with capitalist industry that engages in horrific human rights abuses. Timu is under investigation currently for using forced labor to create the trash that they sell you through their app. That's a fact. You can find that out. Timu is also under investigation for being part of a data harvesting network that has been found to install spyware on your phones and your tablets, whatever it might be. And once that spyware is installed, it harvests all of the data from your phone. That means your pictures, your text messages, your contacts, everything about your life. On every single order, Timu loses $30. Does that sound like a sustainable business model to you? No, it, it, it isn't, okay? Because I'll tell you what, I live in a capitalist society. You have to make money to keep your business going because you've got overhead. You've got costs that you have to pay. And if every single order that you send out loses you $30, you're going to go bankrupt really quick unless you've got another product that you can sell. And that product is data. That product is your personal private information. Uh, there is a lot of evidence about Timu engaging in these business practices, their involvement with the Chinese Communist Party. You can find it if you have the will to go out there and look. And this woman called me a conspiracy theorist. She doesn't know what I do for a living, which I thought was pretty funny. But she called me a conspiracy theorist because I, I dared to suggest that this company is not just, you know, the, the next greatest thing since sliced bread. Do your research. Go look it up. Okay. You know, but unfortunately, a lot of Americans are simply brainwashed. All right. But that's getting better. Okay, more people are seeing this evidence. More people are recognizing just what the heck has been going on in this country. You know, and we've talked about the polling before. I want to go through that one more time because uh, this really, it lifts my spirits every time I see it. From CNN, 61% of Americans say Joe Biden was involved in the family business with China and Ukraine. Okay, M maybe they don't know about Russia or Kazakhstan or Mexico, but that's coming. Uh, from YouGov and Yahoo. 51% of voters believe Joe Biden committed a crime with Hunter Biden. 66% of voters say that Joe Biden discussed business with his son. 62% of voters contend that Joe Biden participated in his family business deals. And my goal is to get these numbers to as close to 100% as possible. So that's why we're working on this. You know, there was a staggering uh story that came out yesterday that I didn't get to speak on that I really wanted to, but Rasmussen has just announced that the level of election fraud that we have in America makes their forecasting of elections completely impossible. And so rather than continuing to give us data that they don't believe they can rely on, they're instead going to be tracking the evidence of election fraud. Rasmussen is one of the largest polling companies, political polling companies 
in America, one of the most well-respected. So for them to come out and say that, I have to believe that we have crossed a threshold. We went from everybody and their brother telling us that there is no such thing as election fraud, okay, that it's exceedingly rare, that nothing happens, to now major groups that make their living and make their business based upon reliable data telling us that there is no such thing as reliable data because election fraud. All right, you guys, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. You know, a lot of people don't understand that digestive issues are frequently caused by a toxin that's present in virtually all of the, quote, healthy foods scientists have been telling us to eat with their fraudulent food pyramid for the longest time. And according to Dr. Gundry, who is a world-renowned cardiologist and best-selling author, it's these toxins that cause the issues so many people face. Millions of people nationwide are living in agony every single day. And the warning signs include weight gain, fatigue, digestive discomfort, stiff and achy joints, and even skin problems. And you see, Dr. Gundry explains these side effects are often mistaken for the normal signs of aging because they usually develop over a matter of years. You see, this is progressive. In some cases, it even takes decades. And because we've been lied to, you probably have no idea that the damage to your digestive system is likely caused by these health foods, and it's far from normal. Now, the good news is you can fix this yourself from the comfort of your own home. It's really very simple. You just have to know which foods are actually healthy and which foods contain this hidden toxin. So you can find out for yourself by clicking the link in the description below. GutCleanseProtocol.com forward slash Zach. Once again, that's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Z-A-K. Because after years of research, Dr. Gundry has decided to release an informative video to the public, totally free and uninterrupted, showcasing exactly which foods you need to avoid. So once again, click the link in the description below to visit gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach and find that free video. You're going to thank me for it because it's totally free. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the Carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. 
All right, guys. So I see a conversation going on in the chat, and I think that there has been something lost in the translation. We've got uh, Corrido Paps Sanhattan. He was talking about the lies in the Norwegian press, talking about how uh, they were reporting that the UAW was excited about Joe Biden. I mean, the leadership of UAW is excited, but you talk to the rank and file people and no, they're not excited. The reason they're not excited is because uh, the efforts of Joe Biden to electrify the United States is killing jobs in the traditional car industry. And it's moving those jobs to the non-unionized version, which is the ones building the electric cars. And uh, and so and somebody was somebody I think somebody thought that uh, uh, Carrito was a Joe Biden fan. He's not. He's he's totally on our side. He was trying to point out the lies that they're talking about in the Norwegian media. So I just I, it is difficult sometimes. I'll be the first to admit sometimes I see things in the chat and I immediately take it like one way and the person means it the wrong. I just don't want any of us to uh, to uh, uh, to be interpreting things incorrectly. None of us are vaccinated, guys. So don't worry. about it. We're all good. All right. So I always wonder, though, is Hunter Biden vaccinated? Has Hunter Biden taken the clot shot? Uh, because, you know, is it possible that you know, he bought into it or is it more likely that he was told by the powers that be um, that uh, that that this was not something he wanted to take? Or maybe he got, I don't know, saline like his dad or something. But I don't know. I'm hoping this is something we figure out in the future. But there is still more information coming out about Hunter Biden. And a House panel is now voted uh, to release even more relevant data. And of course, this could be good in the upcoming Joe Biden um, impeachment. This could be good in the uh, uh, upco- upcoming criminal trial against Hunter Biden. This is coming from the House Ways and Means Committee chair, Jason Smith. He's a Republican from Missouri. Uh, he has scheduled a vote for tomorrow. Uh, They're going to be voting on releasing that information about the panel's probe into Hunter Biden's tax affairs. Uh, Certainly, those IRS whistleblowers who came forward to, you know, explain why they were being shut out and what happened. I mean, this could help in uh, also, once again, helping to wake up the American people. So the committee uh, has to vote on whether or not to release the information. Why is that? Well, it's because we do have laws here in the United States, uh, taxpayer secrecy laws. And although it's unknown what specific information might be in this new data dump that they're planning to put out, uh, Politico is reporting that the information does have to do with the IRS whistleblower's disclosures. So I think considering the fact that this is in the public interest, we don't have to put Hunter Biden's uh, uh, social security number out there. I mean, he already published. Well, he didn't publish, but he he handed over pictures of his private data to uh, the uh, Mac repair shop, Mac Isaac. But we had four IRS whistleblowers, at least four contend that the DOJ interfered politically. Joe Biden's DOJ under Merrick Garland. The guy who references the Holocaust when things get hot, uh, when he when he has to start asking questions about why it was he stepped in uh, to uh, uh, invade this investigation. Uh, And uh, of course, they blocked special counsel David Weiss from charging Hunter Biden in D.C. and California. And all of that contradicts Merrick Garland's claims that David Weiss had the ultimate authority to charge the president's son, the resident's son, wherever he was. So in addition, we also have the IRS whistleblowers who allege that U.S. Assistant Attorney Leslie Wolf 
actually refused to allow investigators to ask Joe Biden about whether or not he was the big guy. You know, I mean, I'm no police officer. I'm no federal investigator. But it seems to me like that's the most logical thing that you would want to do. The only reason that the DOJ would say, hey, you can't ask Joe Biden anything is because they don't want it to come out. They have to keep it covered up. So there were two times that the DOJ prevented Weiss from bringing stronger charges against Hunter Biden. Merrick Garland refused to name a special counsel in the tax investigation. And the IRS actually recommended charges against Hunter Biden that Merrick Garland refused to approve. So the IRS whistleblowers told Congress that Hunter had failed to pay $125,000 in taxes from the income he received from one Burisma Holdings. Now, all of this happened while Joe Biden supercharged the IRS to catch tax cheats uh, upon assuming office. Remember, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, first thing he did, one of the first things he did uh, was to increase the ranks of the IRS. Not only that, but he gave them like full law enforcement capacity. So the IRS can come to your house, they can lie to you, they can gain entry, and then they can start looking through your stuff. Uh, Not on my watch. Uh, Weiss also had investigated Hunter Biden for five years for tax, gun, and foreign agents registration acts. The same foreign agents registration act that they tried to take down General Flynn with, but they couldn't. Allegedly, he also permitted the statute of limitations to expire. He didn't bring charges. Now you can't do anything. So when the IRS whistleblowers came out in uh, April, it really supercharged the investigation. It put a lot of pressure on the DOJ, put a lot of pressure on Weiss, and it really got the American people flamed up. So they planned, the DOJ had planned to let Hunter Biden off without any charges until the whistleblowers came forward. And then, of course, we had that sweetheart plea deal that fell apart under the watchful eye, the judicial scrutiny of the judge overseeing that case. So back in June, the House Ways and Means Committee had voted uh, to publicly disclose all of these instances of political interference by these various federal agencies. And then in turn, we have the IRS commissioner, Daniel Werfel, confirming in July the rights of agency whistleblowers to make protected disclosures to Congress. This is the Whistleblower Protection Act. As employees, you are the first line of defense to call out issues that raise concerns. And I want to be clear that we will always encourage a see something, say something philosophy. That's interesting because the IRS whistleblowers who came forward were clearly retaliated against. What's interesting is that just last week, Hunter Biden launched a lawsuit against the IRS. He alleges that its agents improperly disclosed information to congressional investigators. Well, that's not the case. They had whistleblower protections. His lawyer says this assault in Mr. Biden's rights involved the public disclosure of his confidential tax information during more than 20 nationally televised and non-congressionally sanctioned interviews and numerous public statements. Uh, On Wednesday, the reported vote to publicly disclose more information about Hunter Biden just one day before the House uh, Oversight Committee holds their impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden uh, could certainly prove to be something interesting. I'll be looking forward to seeing that tomorrow. You know who else Hunter Biden has sued? Well, I talked, I think we talked last week about how he sued Garrett Ziegler and Marco Polo for their publication of the Hunter laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop files. 
He's also suing Rudy Giuliani now, uh, uh, apparently claiming that he tampered with and manipulated data. Uh, so he filed this uh, civil suit in federal court in California, probably because California is the most sympathetic jurisdiction to a crack-addled uh, son of a resident such as Hunter Biden. Uh, he is also suing Rudy Giuliani's former lawyer, Robert Costello, uh, and he's claiming that they violated both state and federal computer privacy laws when they hacked into his laptop. That's not what happened, and we all know it. But that doesn't mean that Hunter Biden doesn't plan to try to bleed Rudy and Robert dry. Now, the lawsuit alleges that both Giuliani and Costello spent years hacking into, tampering with, manipulating, copying, disseminating, and generally obsessing over data that they were given that was taken or stolen from his laptops. Well, this is a very convenient narrative for Hunter Biden to engage in. I mean, for years, he denied that it was even his. How can he be so sure, uh, especially if all of the information appears to be manipulated or tampered with? How does he even know? And when he says obsessing over, you know, he's talking about his uh, eggplant picks, shall we say. So plaintiff has demanded defendants Giuliani and Costello cease their unlawful activities with respect to the plaintiff's data and return any data in their possession belonging to the plaintiff. But they have refused to do so. Hunter Biden can get a copy of his data anytime he wants to. It's all right there at MarcoPoloUSA.com. Uh, defendant statements suggest that their unlawful hacking activities are ongoing today and that unless stopped will continue into the future, thereby necessitating this action. I wonder why he's not suing Jack Maxey, because Jack Maxey released a whole bunch of stuff from the laptop early on as well. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I'm not saying Jack's a bad guy, but. Something I certainly want to know about. Um, you know, what's also interesting is that Ashley Biden with her diary where she talks about taking inappropriate showers with her father at, you know, I don't know, very inappropriate ages. They also tried to claim that that diary wasn't hers as well. But then they sent the DOJ in to raid Project Veritas and get James O'Keefe. So you know, I guess that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, now. When it comes to these laptops, nobody had to hack into them. Nobody had to steal the data. Hunter Biden was on a crack binge, and he left them, abandoned them, at Mac Isaac's Mac repair shop. He signed a contract that said that he was forfeiting his property and the data contained therein if he did not come back within a certain period of time. And it's not like Mac Isaac didn't try to get a hold of him. He called and called and called, and Hunter Biden just never showed up. He was too busy hanging out with Russian hookers, with human trafficking victims, smoking crack cocaine, and doing God knows what else. So it's Hunter Biden's fault, and I can't wait to see this information coming out in court. All right, and uh, another court case that we may have heard the last of is the Virgin Islands case that has been ongoing with Chase you or J.P. Morgan Chase uh, about their ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently, they have agreed to settle for $75 million. This is reminiscent of their settlement with a Jane Doe not that long ago. We've been talking about this for the last couple of months. Now, the lawsuits running a New York federal court have been a constant source of Epstein-related disclosures. Many people are shocked we haven't been shocked because we know all about this stuff. We know that the rich and powerful of the world 
kowtowed to Jeffrey Epstein. They allowed him to continue operate in a gray area, running his ill-gotten gains through banks like Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase, through, uh, I don't know, there was a bunch of other ones. But anyways, the rich and famous, the powerful people of the world, they use Jeffrey Epstein's services because they're all pedophiles. So now we come to this financial settlement. It's going to end the high-profile suit because, of course, I think Amer- J.P. Morgan Chase, their 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 image is uh, suffering from this. Um, and then the uh, the U.S. Virgin Island government that says they believe they're also hurting. So Chase said earlier today they're going to pay $75 million to settle this lawsuit with the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, because they were alleged to have facilitated and benefited from the sex trafficking of young women and girls by recently deceased billionaire Jeffrey Epstein. I don't know that he's dead, of course. Missing. We're going to say he's missing. Somebody who certainly didn't get the uh, the full arm of the law as he should have. Now, by giving the $75 million check and writing off the settlement, they are not admitting any wrongdoing. $55 million of that settlement is going to be given to Virgin Islands charities, and uh, it's also going to specifically go to the Virgin Islands anti-trafficking experts anti-trafficking efforts. The remaining $20 million are going to be covering attorney's fees incurred by the Virgin Islands, uh, as well as part of the litigation in federal court in New York. Now, for the Virgin Islands, they said this deal includes several substantial commitments by J.P. Morgan Chase to identify, report, and cut off support for potential human trafficking. That includes establishing and implementing comprehensive policies and procedures. $10 million of that money received is also going to be used to create a fund to provide mental health services for Epstein's victims. So the deals come after that initial $290 million settlement that J.P. Morgan Chase made with Epstein victims. And the Virgin Islands had also previously obtained a $105 million settlement from Epstein's estate and another $62.5 million from billionaire investor Leon Black to resolve potential claims related to Epstein. Uh, The attorney general for the Virgin Islands, Ariel Smith, had this to say. This settlement is an historic victory for survivors and for state enforcement, and it should sound the alarm on Wall Street about banks' responsibilities under the law to detect and prevent human trafficking. Yes, it should, but will it? Well, that remains to be seen. Do we have any leads on other human trafficking networks that are funneling their money through American banks? I think we should probably put the feelers out for some additional whistleblowers at uh, any of these companies. Uh, Marcy Hamilton, she's the founder of the Children's Rights Group, Child USA. She said this settlement served as a profound landmark moment for women and girls that have fallen prey to human trafficking across the country and beyond. So for all of those women and, and girls who are still alive, this may make a difference. Certainly, it will be a psychological victory. But what about the ones who aren't alive? What about the ones that uh, have been murdered at the hands of uh, these disgusting elites? Uh, and then, of course, J.P. Morgan also reached a settlement agreement with Jace Staley, who was Jeffrey Epstein's private banker, also a, a often 
coming in and using Jeffrey Epstein's services uh, with the young girls and women that he was trafficking. Uh, they had a separate claim against him for allegedly failing to fully disclose the extent of his relationship with Epstein while he was an employee. Uh, they are, however, not disclosing the terms of that settlement, but they had sued him back in March to hold him liable for any penalties they would have had to pay for any of these lawsuits related to Jeffrey Epstein, and they demanded that Staley return more than $80 million in compensation. I don't know if that happened, uh, but, you know, I think he's probably got the money uh, to do it. Now, somebody who doesn't have the money is this man right here, Patrick Crucius. Do you guys remember that mass shooting at Walmart a couple of years ago in 2019? Some guy, apparently a lone wolf, came in and shot up the Walmart, killed 23 shoppers in El Paso. Um, it was also reported that there was uh, some sort of like SWAT special ops team on the ground that was actually doing the shooting. Of course, all of this stuff is very difficult to research now. They've done a really good job of scrubbing it from the Internet. And Patrick Crucius is really the only name that comes up. Now, I haven't heard anything about this kid for a long time. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even remember his name. Uh, but he has come back up in the news because the families of those 23 people who ha who were killed in this mass shooting um, have just won a $5 million settlement against Patrick Curcius. They call it a racist attack. We'll get into that in a moment. So uh, the judge on Monday signed this order, and uh, Patrick is sentenced to 90 consecutive life terms. He pled guilty uh, to federal hate crime charges in July, uh, and uh, court records show that his attorneys in the Justice Department reached an agreement over restitution. Restitution of $5 million. Let me just, I don't understand like what the point is. Right. I mean, it's not like anybody is going to be giving this guy a wage. He's going to be in prison for 90 life sentences. It seems like uh, a really ceremonial thing to do and frankly, a waste of the American judicial system's crimes. Now, as far as the justice system can determine, he's got no assets. He was only 21 years old and he had a drop out of community college. Uh, he also said that he drove more than 700 miles from his home near Dallas uh, to kill Hispanics specifically using an AK style rifle. <clears throat> now, uh, just moments before the attack began, as oftentimes these white supremacist mass shooters do, he posted a racist screed online that warned of a Hispanic invasion of Texas. Uh, apparently, one time he worked at a movie theater, no indication that he had uh, $5 million uh, saved up from that. Um, but uh, he was initially charged with the death penalty. They took that off the table, so he pled guilty. <clears throat> and uh, he's going to be put on death row uh, while he waits to stand trial in state court. They still could put him to death for the state. But uh, under this agreement, he has to listen to this number. Five million, five hundred fifty-seven thousand, five dollars and fifty-five cents. That's a lot of fives, okay? I don't understand why they put it in those terms. I mean, why not just round up, okay? Let's just give him $560 million, $5 million, $560 million, you know? Uh, that would make a lot more sense than uh, uh, breaking it down like that. Anyways, 
the attorney for Chrysius has not replied. Um, if we go take a look at the statement that he made uh, at the time and the conduct he was engaging in before the shooting, uh, he was consumed with the immigration debate. Debate. Uh, they posted they they pinned him as a Trump supporter. He was on Twitter posting hashtag build the wall. Uh, he was making social media posts that were uh praising President Trump and his uh, his border policies. Uh, and then he went on this racist screed before the attack, and he warned that Hispanics were going to take over the government and the economy. God, what, what a weirdo, right? Why would he think that? And in other news, here is footage just this week from the border. Border into the city illegally on Monday. This is on top of the approximately 7,200 other illegal crossers apprehended in the previous week. Salinas has said that the new mob, many... Totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. I don't know why Patrick Crucius would have come forward and said that Hispanics were going to take over. That doesn't make any sense at all. And here, here is some stunning footage, stunning imagery of mothers and illegal aliens on the border crawling through razor wire. Let me just... Let me just ask you this question, okay? So you got this smiling mother crawling through the middle of razor wire, not climbing over it, not like putting a coat or like a sheet over the top and then just stepping over it. She's crawling through it. Well, God, you know, why in the hell did they put this razor wire on the border with a direct path from Mexico to the United States? Does that make any sense to anybody? It seems to me like this is more than likely. Uh, is that Sweeta reading the news? That's funny, silly boy. Is it more? Is it more likely that this is a staged photo op uh, where they placed razor wire on the border and then they took pictures? I mean, it's a good thing that whoever was standing there um, waiting for these illegals to crawl through the middle of this razor wire had uh, a really high quality DSLR 4K camera so that they could take the pictures and then sell them to the New York Post. Watch these people get a Pulitzer Prize. Um, well, if you're not, because uh, now Customs and Border Protection, they're just cutting through that uh, that barbed wire and razor wire barrier. Eh, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to make it across anyways, guys. So why would we want to make it any more difficult for illegal aliens to flood into Eagle Pass, Texas? This is the place that I just showed you. This is the place that uh, I talked about last week where a state of emergency has been declared because the invasion of the United States just keeps going. Here, here is a uh, a Mexican person right there. <laughs> I don't know where she's coming from, but she's not coming from Mexico. Um, so instead of stopping them from crossing the border, Customs and Border Protection just ordered their agents to cut the wire and allow them to flood into Eagle Pass, Texas. I also had a video the other day that I never got to, uh, which showed uh, National Guardsmen like working on the wall, handing these dudes, handing these dudes a ladder. Like he had like a little giant ladder. He extended it out. He put it up on the wall and the illegals just crawled on over. They're like, hey, thanks, bro. Appreciate the assist. What the heck is wrong with these people? So they cut the they cut the wire barrier and now the illegals can just stream through. Like I said, it you know doesn't matter. They were going to come anyways, guys. <clears throat> They were going to come anyways. So uh, Customs and Border Protection cut this hole through the Constantina wire that stretches uh, along the Texas border with Mexico. Here is 
the scene in the moments after CBP cut that wire. Take a look. In Eagle Pass, Texas, we're just moments ago... Customs and Border Protection cut a hole through the concertina wire that has been stretched by Texas DPS along the border there to allow migrants to come through. It was initially a group of about 60 to 70 people. It swelled to some 300 very, very quickly. Uh, some women and children who were sort of in the middle of the river were picked up um, by, I guess it would be Texas DPS, because they're running the airboats there up and down the river and uh, taken out of the water and into safer ground there. But as you can see, as we have watched for the last couple of weeks, the illegal migration across the river into the United States continues uh, with this uh, border crossing in Eagle Pass, seeing thousands. So that is Joe Biden's America. <clears throat> I just want to say this is a terrific a terrific example of why the policies of this regime are completely unsustainable. This is exactly right here what's going to force the American people to reevaluate their support of anybody who doesn't put America first. In the last 24 hours, through that whole 11,000 illegal immigrant encounters came through. It's the single highest day in recent memory. Now, uh, in places like New York and Chicago, where they have these sanctuary cities, where many of these illegals are ending up, uh, the people there have begun to say that we've had enough. Uh, in New York specifically, uh, they are looking to spend about $12 billion over the next three years. Now, that's only on the cost of putting these illegals into hotels. Eric Adams said, we are past our breaking point with more than 57,300 individuals currently in our care on an average night. It amounts to $9.8 million a day, almost $300 million a month and nearly $3.6 billion a year. So what you're looking at here, uh, these are residents of Staten Island, uh, who were attempting to block that migrant bus. We talked about this last week. Uh, and they're out there just telling the police, they're telling the Biden regime, uh, they're telling anybody who will listen that they've had enough. They are done. They don't want this any longer. Uh, they have reached their breaking point in the same way that the New York government has reached their breaking point as well. Chicago also is reaching their breaking point. Now, you have the local government of Chicago, uh, including aldermen, uh, suggesting that they should put this up to a referendum. I mean, the city of Chicago became a sanctuary city at the behest of the criminal uh, leadership in that city. Same with New York. But now the people of Chicago are paying a hefty price. You've got a socialist in the office of the mayor. Uh, you've got 30 or more people that get shot every weekend. Uh, the sanctuary city status of Chicago is uh, putting it into the same situation of overload that New York is. And now you've got two of these city aldermen, Anthony Napolitano and Anthony Beal, uh, both who have co-sponsored a resolution that would add a referendum to the May 2024 primary ballot. It's going to ask the Chicago people if they should continue to keep their sanctuary status designation. So I tend to believe there is going to be enough people out there who do not want 
sanctuary cities to stick around in Chicago. If you take a look at some of those uh, city meetings that we've watched in the past several months, I mean, I haven't heard anybody suggesting that this is a good thing for Chicago. These people in these cities have had enough and uh, they want the governments of these cities to put them first. How ironic. They're asking for their leaders to put America first. The same thing Donald Trump tried to do when he was in office. The same thing they vilified him for. Now they're begging for Trump policies. It's delicious. So Napolitano wrote on Facebook, I co-sponsored a resolution and an ordinance that addresses the crisis that is greatly impacting our city. The resolution creates a ballot referendum where residents, you, can decide if Chicago should remain a sanctuary city. The ordinance we created allows aldermanic approval of any and all temporary illegal immigrant housing within the ward. <clears throat> the illegal immigrant crisis in Chicago is quickly spiraling out of control, and the hardworking residents of Chicago, they're left holding the bag. Our residents in the integrity of our neighborhoods need to remain the top priority. Hmm. You, mean, you mean we need to put America first? Is that what you mean? Should we be putting America first? Hell yeah, we should put America first. Send these people home. Don't come to this nation if you are not coming legally. If you're a legal immigrant, if you've got a path to come here in the correct way, get a visa, get a job, get some skills, have something to offer, I welcome you with open arms. But right now, this nation under the vision of the Biden regime, the New World Order, uh, are bringing in people in such numbers that it is incapacitating our ability to provide basic services to our own citizens. So uh, this is uh, this is a good thing, guys. As difficult as it is, it's a good thing. Now, look at this, too. We've got Venezuelan illegals <clears throat> planting a Venezuelan flag on an island in the middle of the Rio Grande. Now, of course, the Texas Department of Public Safety had uh, a swim out there. They pulled down the flag uh, in the middle of the Rio Grande. Uh, you've had an, a number of different uh, immigrants, aliens, carrying Venezuelan flags as they try to enter the United States. You've got people carrying ISIS flags. You've got people carrying uh, Kenyan flags. <clears throat> got people carrying Chinese flags, probably. But take a look at uh, this video. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Let's take a look at the video. Look at this. Like, this is so disgusting. You've got the flag of another nation flying on American soil. And the only reason that's happening is because of Joe Biden. The only reason that's happening is because of the deep state, bureaucratic, nightmare apparatus in Washington, D.C. that seek to destroy, to disenfranchise, to crumble the American Republic. Now, they are crumbling their own corrupt power structure because the American people are not going to go along with it. <clears throat> Get that down. Get rid of it. This is America. It's not Venezuela. Can you imagine if an American went to Venezuela 
and uh, and planted an American flag. I claim this land in the name of America. Now, this is, you know, things are bad when the DHS secretary, Jay Johnson, under Barack Hussein Obama, comes out and says, hey, something is really wrong. Something is really wrong. He said back when he was DHS secretary, it felt like the world was ending when they had the kind of numbers that they had. Take a listen to this. This is how bad things have gotten. So he said the problem is, in fact, much larger than what we dealt with nine, 10 years ago. The high for me was when I was in office in May of 2014. Do you guys remember this? Do you remember hearing these numbers? There was 68,000 apprehensions in that month, in May of 2014. Now we've got 10,000 plus coming through every single day. Well, those are only the ones that we actually speak with. There are undoubtedly thousands, if not tens of thousands more that come through other parts of the border that the federal agents that are sent down there to uh, interdict, they have no idea. They're not speaking to them. What about the ones going through the tunnels coming up in the middle of the desert? 68,000 apprehensions. Now, he said that felt like the end of the world. Now we've got smugglers who know how to move much larger numbers of people, probably through tunnels, and you've got more countries that are contributing to the problem. He said, I heard over the weekend uh, there were 8,900 apprehensions in a single day. We just talked about 11,000. And for the first time, according to Mexican authorities, there are more South Americans living on their southern border than there are Central Americans. You've got people coming up from very far away. You've got Haiti. Cuba now sending people. It's a much, much bigger problem. And uh, the fact is that the Biden administration, the U.S. government need an all hands on deck policy. They need the entirety of the U.S. government to address this problem. It turns politics upside down. It's turning cities upside down, like New York specifically. Uh, PJM is my username, says, uh, my name is Penny Murphy from Arkansas. What are your thoughts on Bitcoin mining facilities? Governor Sarah Sanders is allowing them across our state, including our small town. Thank you. I think that um, there's nothing wrong with Bitcoin mining facilities. Um, the only thing that is going to happen is that they're going to they're going to use more power. OK, essentially, all it requires is an office building with a bunch of computers in it. And uh, and those computers are going to be using bandwidth. OK, they're going to be online. They're going to be uh, making hashes, which is just solving problems. And they're going to be producing Bitcoin, which is then going to be, you know, entered into the the digital cryptocurrency space. <clears throat> A it it. I guess maybe it depends on who owns those cryptocurrency mining facilities. Um, certainly for Arkansas, they're going to be bringing in revenue because they're going to need to be, I don't know, buying land or renting that space. Uh, they're going to be need to making power. Um, are they going to be producing their own power? Uh, a lot of times uh, it's possible for cryptocurrency mining operations uh, to produce you know, at least a portion of their power from solar panels. Uh, and if you've got solar panels on the roof, uh, you know, that's not going to be hurting anybody. Um, if they start clear cutting land to make solar farms that they can connect to, that would be a problem. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've 
I've mined crypto before. You know, you just have a computer, you put it out there, it creates some heat, definitely makes some noise. But uh, there's uh, many of different ways that you can mitigate all that. Uh, I can only honestly see it as a, a positive. You know, they've they've done it in uh, in Texas, and um, you know, the only thing that you would really want to worry about is the strength of the electrical grid. Uh, how much power are these cryptocurrency mining facilities going to use? Uh, and um, how much strain is it going to put onto the electrical grid? Now, if the presence of these mining farms allow for Arkansas to strengthen their grid, that's good for you. That's definitely good for you. All right. And uh, so thank you, Penny. Appreciate um, appreciate that comment. Now, if these are Chinese cryptocurrency mining facilities, I'm not all that comfortable with it. Uh, PJ also said, China is who owes them. Okay, you just answered my question. I believe I tagged you in a GART chat message with links on what's going on. It's really scary. Okay, so yeah, I think that anytime you have Chinese industry opening up something like this in the United States, it's definitely, definitely not good. Now, could Sarah Huckabee Sanders have more information than they're letting on? Is it possible that she's got strict controls on these cryptocurrency mining operations? Um, maybe. Um, but what's interesting is that China in their own country have restricted the mining of cryptocurrency. Uh, so this might be a bad deal. This might be a bad deal. I need to look into it more. But yes, yes. Do, 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 do. Okay. Uh, so, yes, uh, Jay Johnson uh, sounding the alarm. Oh, good news. Good news for Jeff Bezos. He is now facing uh, a suit from the FTC and 17 states. They're suing Amazon for uh, alleging monopolistic practices. Uh, they're facing accusations of engaging in illegal conduct and monopolistic practices with its online store and merchant services. I thought the United States didn't care about monopolies anymore because it looks like we've got them in a number of different industries. But the FTC says the complaint alleges that Amazon violates the law, not because it's big, but because it engages in a course of exclusionary conduct that prevents current competitors from growing and new competitors from emerging. Absolutely, uh, they destroy local businesses. So by stifling competition on price, product selection, quality, and by preventing its current or future rivals from attracting a critical mass of shoppers and sellers, Amazon ensures that no current or future rival can threaten its dominance. Amazon's far-reaching schemes impact hundreds of billions of dollars in retail sales every year. They touch hundreds of thousands of products sold by businesses, big and small, and affect over a hundred million shoppers. Um, if you remember back, uh, Amazon started as uh, an online bookstore, uh, and now you can buy basically anything you want on there. You know, it, they, they've branched outside of physical products to digital goods. Uh, you've got uh, a, a huge internet infrastructure with their AWS platform. Their market cap is $1.3 trillion. Uh, PJM says they are not buying our farmland and Governor Sanders will not budge on her stance. I feel so duped by her. And yes, please look into this if possible. Thank you. Thank you so much for your uh, generous support, PJM. Uh, I will definitely look into this. And um, yeah, before I make a summary judgment, uh, I, I, I don't think that we should say that uh, you've been duped by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but um, I think this is definitely something you've got to look into. And uh, I certainly will do that. And thank you very much for bringing it to my attention. All right. So 
These are the states that have joined the lawsuit against uh, Amazon. You know what else is crazy about Amazon? They have a deal with um, shippers. Uh, They force their packages to get sold or to get shipped for cheaper than they would uh, for like a normal person like us because they ship so many packages. Uh, And they basically are now controlling dynamics of the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, We've got Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Nevada, New York, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin. 17 states joining the FTC. Uh, these investigations have been going on into Amazon since 2019, and I don't think their their uh, anti-competitive practices have gotten any better. Uh, so the FTC coming in here, you know, it, it's, uh, it's give or take. You know, what are they really going to do? Is this uh, simply an effort to... Um, convince the American people that they care uh, because, you know, a lot of uh, people in power uh, are making a lot of money off of Amazon and a lot of American businesses have suffered as a result of it. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh, my God. Carmen Michelle, this the eBay story was insane. <clears throat> there was a couple who uh, they they just left a bad review or something on eBay and eBay executives gang stalked them and sought to destroy their business and try to like get them committed like it was nutty absolutely nutty i think that there was like something like even like a like a car bomb threat or something like that i talked about it a couple of years ago when that broke but um man i haven't thought about that for a while that was absolutely nuts all right uh so Back to the saga of Senator Bob Menendez, who will not be stepping down. He says he deserves the presumption of innocence. He does. He does. You know, everybody deserves the presumption of innocence. I mean, you can have your opinions about people, but everybody deserves, in a legal sense, the presumption of innocence. But Senator Cory Booker, who is as corrupt as they come also, he was the, the, the mayor of Newark. Newark is like cracked den central. Uh, And I told you yesterday that New Jersey politicians uh, have a propensity to engage in acts of public corruption more than politicians in other states. But even Cory Booker wants um, Bob Menendez to to step down. Now, I saw somebody say that Menendez was against the Iran deal. uh, And so maybe that's why they're trying to take him out. I'd say that they don't need that to take Bob Menendez out. He has been corrupt and they've tried to remove him for a number of years. I think that at this point, the Democrats see Bob Menendez as more of a liability uh, than uh, a win in their column. You know, a corrupt Democrat politician in Washington, D.C. is useful because, you know, they're going to be willing to compromise their ideals, their their ethics and their morals. However, Bob Menendez behaved in a manner uh, which implied that he thought he was untouchable, uh, that he could get away with all of these things and he could enrich himself to a degree that perhaps other politicians understand is just outside of what's socially acceptable among these criminal circles. So I think that now the uh, efforts to get Bob Menendez to step down are simply pragmatic. Uh, these people, uh, although they tend to stick together, uh, they also can sense when 
it's a little bit more trouble than it's worth. So uh, as I said before, you know, Bob Menendez faced uh, a scandal when he was engaging in sex with underage prostitutes, child human trafficking victims in the Dominican Republic. Uh, He almost was caught on corruption charges uh, during the Trump administration. Uh, And now uh, they've come after him again for additional corruption charges. I don't know if the investigators looking into it this time are the same that were looking into it under Trump's DOJ, uh, but I tend to think that Bob Menendez just brought too much heat to himself. And I don't think that there's any, uh, well, in the same way that Joe Biden being impeached is good for the American people in terms of the awakening process, I think that Bob Menendez's corruption being exposed is also good for the American people. And by going through that trial and proving to the American people beyond a reasonable doubt that he is guilty of the things he says, uh, I mean, because the evidence against him is overwhelming, I think that that will be great for the people of New Jersey. And I think that it will help them to choose a different candidate the next time they're going to elect somebody. I don't remember the last time that New Jersey had a Republican uh, in uh, in a high office like that. I don't know if they ever have, to be quite honest with you, but maybe many, many decades ago. But so uh, there's, again, a teachable moment here. There's an opportunity. And uh, Bob Menendez and his uh, Amazon wife, uh, are uh, are probably going to be going down because you just don't have $100,000 in gold bars laying around your house uh, with the fingerprints of the people that you are accused of accepting bribes from. That simply does not happen. I don't know anybody who has a one kilo gold bar. Maybe some of you guys have one kilo gold bars because, you know, you've been gold bugs for a while. You've had the ability to save up. Uh, you know, I don't have anything over an ounce in my collection of anything. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I got like five and ten ounce silver bars, uh, but not, nothing approaching a kilo. Holy jeez. All right, you guys, uh, we're going to end it with this series of stories about what's happening in Russia. Uh, this was just a brilliant display of uh, Russian military ingenuity. This is coming from Sputnik. What you're seeing there, what you're seeing there is a um, an ammo depot that's uh, being exploded by Russian military artillery. Uh, it was full of something like I don't know three thousand rounds. So boom! Look at that explosion. If anybody was nearby, God rest their immortal soul. Uh, but uh, by blowing this up, they have basic. Oh, sorry, three tons of ammo, three tons of ammo. And then there were also a couple of MiGs uh, that were exploded very near it too. So we're talking like uh, guns, tanks, uh, ammo, probably, you know, uh, missiles, lots of stuff paid for by the United States military. But uh, it's a, it's a particularly difficult blow, especially in light of the story we discussed yesterday with the um, SS Nazi Waffen officer uh, who was uh, given two, not one, two standing ovations in the Canadian parliament. Here is the official apology of Justin Trudeau. And uh, (laughs) he was not wearing blackface in real life. This is something somebody did. And uh, I just I thought it was brilliant. So here we go. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, The speaker speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. 
but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine, uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. All right. So I, I just I want to make sure you guys heard that. First of all, Justin Trudeau apologizes on behalf of somebody else. He blames the speaker. He says he had no idea. But here's the thing. He actually met he and Zelensky met that Nazi SS Waffen officer before they actually sat down and well before they actually gave him a standing ovation. Um, so he knew he knew who that guy was. And uh, you would think that Zelensky, as a Ukrainian, would already be fully apprised of the history of this particular unit operating in Ukraine. Uh, anyways, but and then Justin Trudeau goes on to warn the Canadian people of Russian disinformation. He is connecting the standing ovation of a Nazi SS officer in the Parliament of Canada to Russian disinformation as if the Russians somehow made this story up to manipulate the Canadian public. I love this. Because it shows the true colors of the Canadian government. It shows the true nature of the war taking place in Ukraine. Nazis were not just active during the Second World War. They've remained active as the Azov Battalion ever since that time. And these are the uh, Ukrainian soldiers that are being heralded. In modern day Ukraine, the same ones that the United States and Canada and other NATO aligned nations are financing. Remember the, the, the marketplace, John McCain, John McCain Street, a thriving business on John McCain Street, the marketplace all made possible by your American tax dollars. Too big for bikes says, my son was cleaning his room yesterday. I asked what he was listening to in his earbuds. He said, Red Pill 78's Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Good boy. Thank you so much. Tell your son. I hope he enjoyed that episode. I certainly did. That's awesome. That is really, really cool to hear. Thank you very much. How old is he? How old is he too big for bike? Yes, he volunteered. He wasn't conscripted. He, he wasn't drafted to become part of the Waffen. He volunteered to become part of the Waffen. Now, the really interesting part of this is that Poland is announced they are considering extraditing this war criminal for the crimes that he committed. 13. OK, great. That's so cool. That is so cool. I tell him I really hope he enjoyed it and he needs to pick himself up a copy. I just got my um, second edition right here and uh, we're going to have uh, Boone back here soon to talk about that. So uh, the Canadian government. Two rounds of applause for a 98-year-old Waffen, Waffen SS volunteer uh, claiming it was ignorance that they did, didn't know. You know, are you telling me that anybody who steps foot on the Canadian parliament floor hasn't had a detailed background check doing? Well, maybe it was uh, all for a reason because now Poland is moving to extradite him and bring him in and charge him with these war crimes. 
So they've already taken steps to examine this case for the extradition of the 98-year-old SS trooper from Canada. Uh, They sent a letter to the Commission for the Prosecution of Crimes Against the Polish Nation. And the State Minister for Education and Science wrote to the president of this commission uh, to examine whether it held any documents indicating that Canadian resident Yaroslav Hunka was wanted for crimes against Polish and Jewish people relating to his time as a Waffen SS soldier during the Second World War. Remember, they said that he was a freedom fighter for Ukraine against Russian aggression when Russians were fighting the Nazis, uh, trying to set the world free at that time. So um, if there is any evidence, uh, it would constitute grounds for the Poles to apply to the Canadian government to extradite him. You better believe the Canadian government's going to hand him right over because they are really embarrassed about this right now. Uh, he moved to Canada shortly after the Second World War. And he hit major prominence just this past week when he was recognized as a uh, Ukrainian hero and a Canadian hero who had fought for Ukrainian independence against the Russians. Uh, And of course, everybody loved him. Uh, They forgot to mention he was also a Nazi war criminal. I got to say I love it. Now, finally, uh, perhaps in response to Poland's recognition of this Nazi war criminal and his likely extradition. The Biden regime has just announced another $2 billion loan for Poland so that they can modernize their army. Now, yesterday, I didn't even get a chance to talk about the squalid conditions that were discovered on a number of U.S. military bases. We're talking about raw sewage running on the floors in the bathroom. We're talking about mold growing in the barracks. Absolutely deplorable conditions. And yet the Biden regime is giving another $2 billion to an ally in Europe. This is going to allow them to purchase weapons, to modernize their tanks. The State Department said that Poland is a stalwart stalwart ally of the U.S. whose security is vital to the collective defense of NATO's eastern flank. And so funding their security partners is uh, something they just have to do. Now, also, it's been a hub for Western weapons distribution that are going straight into Ukraine, which are allowing uh, this uh, illegitimate war to continue on. So, Uh, This is uh, basically going to allow Poland to modernize their inventory to get rid of uh, anything they have that's Soviet. And uh, it's going to put the U.S. and uh, South Korean defense companies uh, in a majorly uh, good spot because that's where that two billion dollars is going to go. Real quick, uh, Don Sclater says, uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Don. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, I think that was so they could screw with the life. <laughs> that's that's bad. That's bad. Okay. Um, I need to say thank you to Kelly. Kelly, who yesterday said, uh, love the show. I'll donate more often. Kelly, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. That was on Cash App. Uh, also, uh, Lauren, uh, no message, but at early this morning, 925. So Lauren must have been watching the show uh, earlier today from yesterday. Thank you so much, Lauren. And then uh, let me also just check over here on Ko-Fi to make sure I didn't miss anything. And let's see. Uh, Oh, it looks like we've got uh, uh, Trisha. Trisha, who says, thank you very much. You are appreciated, Zach. Thank you for keeping us updated on what's going on. Thank you so much. Love you too, Trisha. Appreciate you. And then uh, Senior Paul 20 
uh, says, uh, Zach, I've been listening to you for several years on Podbean. Thank you so much for all you do. All your hard work and dedication and sense of humor. You are a true patriot. Good vibes and much love to you and the fam. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much to everybody who is supporting the show. We've also got a couple of thank yous that I need to give over here at our friends at Pilled.net, our friends on the foxhole. So CyberX Speed says, rest up, sir. Yeah, I'm going to go lay down in just a moment. FilterDog1, a judge ruled that Trump defrauded banks and insurance companies. What the? Man. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happened. Uh, I haven't seen that. They say Trump could owe New York $250 million. Good God. Uh, Adam Hugapug uh, says, not an error. Not an error. Kay Landry says, the bank of the Bass family in Fort Worth, Texas, needs to investigate their money. Uh, Doug Simey dropped a phone. And then Nakaz808 says, my lunch break news channel. Hope you enjoyed it, brother. Thank you very much, everybody, for being here. And uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today. One final, uh, hold on. No, hold on. I got to go back to this. You sure about that? Yep. You sure about that? You sure about that? Yes. I'm sure about it. I know what's going on. You guys know what's going on. Here we are. We are just a limping along, uh, waiting to cross the finish line. But the end is near, my friends. I truly do believe it. We are going to take our country back and uh, we will be victorious. America may be faltering, but she is not done. Thank you for being here. Good luck, everyone. God bless. I will see you tomorrow.